Today I'm releasing a tutorial that I made for my group, my Take Back Your Health and Power program group. Um, and I made this tutorial, it's called Making the Unconscious Conscious. And it's a tutorial where I go through an infographic that I made for them that explains what is unconscious um, and how it's really important to understand this lower part of the iceberg that's under the surface of our being in order to um, make it conscious, make it known, become aware, actualize a very deep, well state of being. And so that sounds very um, deep, soulful, um, but it really translates very much in real time, in the real body, in your total experience of your health, um, when you realize how important it is to know what your feelings and triggers and traumas are and conditioning and the programs and patterns that we run and our belief systems that we misidentify as ourselves, our thoughts that we may misidentify as us. And when we start looking at them as things or constructs or ideas or, you know, even innate responses of our our bodies, I suppose, our nervous systems, um, our hormonal system, of our familial system, our culture, that is really trying to just keep us safe. But when we uncover these automatic responses, become aware, we can actually figure out what's serving us and what isn't, what's keeping us unwell and what will make us well. We become very clear and connected to our true selves and what will, what the decisions to make, what behaviors we can um, operate with, what emotions are conducive to the next stage or what they're telling us, um, what conditioning to decondition and deconstruct and free ourselves from in order to achieve, you know, no longer a state of chronic illness. Um, having good mental wellness and emotional wellness in everything that that means in its totality and all the chaos of it, right? And all the humanness of it. We um, become more joyful in life. We uh, achieve what I like to call, not achieve, we, we keep going down that road and we enter the flow of deep wellness. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast and I'll see you on the flip side. I'm very discerning about what companies and initiatives I partner with when it comes to promoting anything to my community. Extremely discerning. And this is why you will rarely see me partnering with anyone by way of promotions unless those things are what I call heavy hitters. Helpful for most everybody and everybody and that support the body's natural processes rather than suppress and are things my own family uses or does every day for our own health. My mission is to help people to help themselves, to illuminate the possibilities for health and healing. So I must tell you about these three things before we, be we begin this episode. First up, doTERRA essential oils. There are several clean oil companies I love. But doTERRA is my go-to because of their quality, speed and delivery, and my own successful history with their products. I use essential oils 
every single day in my diffuser. I use them topically on my skin and inhaling straight from the bottle in combinations depending on my needs at the time. You should see my cupboard full of oils. I actually have um, Calare Sage going right now in my office. (laughs) And you will find them in my office, my bathroom, my bedroom, and my purse. (laughs) I have a tiny purse, and the only things that are in it are my wallet and six oils. (laughs) So some quick tips. We use the citruses for uplifting our moods. Our current favorite is Citrus Bliss. We use frankincense for the deeper healing relating to the brain, inflammation, and raising consciousness. Um, I love that oil. I just used it on my ankle when I injured it playing basketball, and I put a little bit on my third eye for raising consciousness at times when I, when I want to do that. Sandalwood and vanilla smell so good to me. Those are some of my favorite smells. And sandalwood like speaks to um, men in particular, or even women who like the smell of it on their men. (laughs) I love sandalwood and vanilla, but um, my kids, not so much. It might be an acquired uh, scent, I guess. (laughs) So peppermint for digestion, copaiba and lavender for calm and inflammation. And my favorites right now that I slather on my pulse points several times a day are the heady, gorgeous florals like neroli and rose for trauma and skin and my beloved jasmine that makes me feel emotionally whole, sensual, beautiful, and grounded. We cohabitate with and rely on plants to not only live but to live with health. The information that is passed from plant to body can be ingested, absorbed, or inhaled. Essential oils are the distilled essence of these plants, delivering vital and vitalizing information via phytochemistry to the very cells of our eagerly receptive human bodies. So you can go to my doTERRA link in the show notes, mydoterra.com backslash HFF essentials and click either shop or sign up at the top of the page to explore away. And just note that using my link will help us to keep this podcast going. So do use it. Okay, so second up is Microbiome Labs. Another essential synergistic relationship we have with our natural world is with that of the microbes that outnumber us humans by orders of magnitude. In fact, we carry about three to six pounds of bacteria in our guts. These bacterial life forms are essential to life as without them, we could not break down or assimilate our food. These bacteria produce vitamins and keep each other in balance. They are essential for our mental, emotional wellness um, by way of psychobiotics, or the name is psychobiotics when applied in this way, um, to our skin health and immune function. Without them, we would die. Literally, we would die. We could not, we would cease to exist. We need them to live. With the assaults these bacteria have taken due to the overuse of chemical spraying, overuse of antibiotics, and poor lifestyle habits, many people are struggling with symptoms related to the depletion of these essential bacteria that reside in and on our bodies, leading to the imbalance or dysbiosis of the bacteria that survive. I recommend that people eat organic. Avoid harsh antibacterials, eat a rainbow of whole foods, and eat fermented foods to maintain a healthy microbiome on the skin, in the mouth, in the gut, in the brain, etc. Yet sometimes we need a little boost. This is where Microbiome Lab's spore-based probiotics come in. So hop onto their website for tons of information. They're just like always researching and, and 
providing resources for people, and me, myself included, and helpful products that will help you repair and replenish your microbiome. Since Microbiome Labs only sells through practitioners, you'll need to use my link in order to purchase, so check out the show notes for the link. And once on their website, fill out your information because they will need your information to ship to you. And then just shop away. Read, find out more, whatever you might need. Work with your provider if you need some help with selecting. Your microbiome will thank you. And last but not least, a gadget that has brought light, balanced brains, elevated states of emotion, and overall wellness to our lives, my family's life. The Soul Shine Phytovites Light. Did you know that light is an essential nutrient? And did you know that lack of light or the wrong light or the right light at the wrong time of day, what Ken Cedar and John Ott call malillumination, can discombobulate the hormonal and neurochemical systems of the body, resulting in symptoms some would diagnose as seasonal affective disorder, sleep problems, ADHD, obesity, learning and focus struggles, depression, and anxiety. The number one way to receive light nutrition is to get out into the sunshine. But if you can't get enough, or can't get outside enough, or if your days are short like winter here in Saskatchewan, or if you need extra light healing, give the Soulshine Phytovites a go. This light got us through some pretty long winters and days at the computer. Just plug it in and point it towards your face for a few minutes a day. Okay, so it's super bright, like a starship from space at first, <laughs> but you totally get used to it and learn to crave the effects. Like I'm like, oh, I just want it. I put it on. My, I just I actually turn it on over and over and over again. I can't like I can't stop. <laughs> it feels so good. So do check out my interview with Ken Cedar of the Science of Light, dear friend and the best person you could possibly ever encounter for an in-depth interview about malillumination and illumination, and where you can be inspired by Ken's heart, his wisdom, his dedication to the health of our children, and check out the lights on their website. Ken has given my community a generous $50 off with the promo code HFF, and both links are in the show notes below. And if you want more in or more health-giving information, Grab my book, Family Health Revolution, The Definitive Approach to Elevating Your Family's Health for an encyclopedia of information on how to use lifestyle medicine to overcome dis-ease, illness, discomfort, demedicalized family health, slow down fast-paced modern family life, reduce stress, and return your family to the ease of wellness naturally. All right, so without further ado, the podcast you've been waiting for. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. This is Coach Carla Atherton, and I'm recording this tutorial so that we can unpack a little bit and um, focus only on this whole idea of conscious and unconscious and how the unconscious affects our conscious life. And so as we excavate or 
bring all the stuff um, that's in the in the uh, under the surface, right, in the iceberg, to the conscious level, into the light, so we can see it and and examine it, and um, you know, act on it or not, you know, just be aware that it is leading us to this more authentic, actualized life where we are in more. Um, I don't know if the words control. But we are more, we're more agents in our own life, you know, in our everyday lives, but as well as our, um, the whole, uh, I suppose, lifespan, right? In our lifespan, we're more evolving and moving more into a deeper sense of wellness and um, groundedness and centeredness and clarity in our lives. So when we're largely controlled or influenced by um, and unwittingly or unconsciously influenced by all of these things that kind of lie under the surface um, that we'll be talking about in a second that's when we feel less in control where our emotions have us we don't have our emotions where we are reactionary rather than responsible like able to respond when we um, have you know health issues that we feel are out of our control, right? Where we feel hopeless and helpless and, and um, discontent and unwell and disharmonious and full of dis-ease, right? So the, 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 um, so by making the unconscious aware, um, we're aware of the unconscious by making the unconscious um, conscious, we again can have a more authentic actualized ex- uh, experience of our lives. Um, all right. So what are some of those things in the unconscious realm? Okay. So here I have this um, infographic that I made for you and it's a culmination of all of the different um, ways that we can, that we can be unconscious um, from many different sources. And um, with this, right at the depth of our unconscious, which I mean, a lot of us are unconscious of this unique self of source really itself. And, and um, in a lot of consciousness studies and, you know, with people who are deeply exploring these, um, you know, selfhood and spirituality and what it, you know, this exist, these existential questions um, really source and the unique self are one and the same because each unique self, is part of our authentic self or true self, they're part of the whole. So we're not going to get too far into that. But that is really the um, the core of what and who we are. And so at, so I put it at the base, because with all this other stuff, claiming to be who we are, it's really difficult for us to excavate that, you know, or for us to bring that to the surface and to realize it. Um, if we have all of these other unconscious factors, sort of weighing that down or muddying the surface or, you know, um, yeah, you know, making things, the waters unclear, right? So we can't really see what lies at the core of who we are. And, um, and once we do that, we become more connected to it, accepting of it. Self-love becomes not an, an act, but a way of being, right? Because we see how deeply important we are to 
the totality of existence itself. We're just a reflection of it. We're a fractal of it. We're a piece of it. We're a very important part of the puzzle. Okay. So the unconscious, the things that keep us, keep them, the waters a bit muddy or murky, um, that are part of our existence and our experience for sure. So we're not rejecting these unconscious things. What we want to do is become aware of them, right? And not to necessarily dissect and overthink, but just be like, hmm, that is interesting. (laughs) I get it now. I see that. I know why I did this. I understand why my life's going this way. I understand why I made the choices I did. I see why this relationship went the way it did. I see why my health is heading in this direction. I see why I made the decisions I made or um, behaved in a certain way or, you know, believed something or held on to an emotion or a feeling or um, I see why, how I got into my own way or I see the opposite why I helped myself or why I made these decisions that were, um, you know, I suppose, uh, serving me or I made decisions that did not serve me. Right. So let's start with the bottom actually. So the reason why I put conditioning programs, patterns, and belief systems at the bottom is because the conditioning, um, and the, these things are really big, like they can be cultural. They are familial, They are taught to us before we are, you know, even age seven, um, because they are meant to keep us safe. So we are conditioned in a particular way by our experience, by what our parents tell us um, through words, action, you know, body language, tone of voice. Um, And again, through our own experience of life itself, they're made up of memories, right? Um, And uh Like I said, it's meant to keep us alive, right? Because this is what our, um, our human organism does is it responds to the environment, to the inputs we receive and the information that we are given and receive through our own experience to, again, make sure that we live to until tomorrow. So the things that we can't be thinking about it consciously all the time sometimes we need a program or a pattern or a belief system or a condition that will keep us safe automatically. So this is actually an innate um, adaptation. It's an innate, not an adaptation, sorry, it's an innate, um, you know, form of survival. And so it's not inherently bad because we're not, we're not here to judge. We're here to recognize it. It, it just is yet we, when we, become or if we're unconscious of these things and if we're conditioned or programmed or we have patterns or belief systems that do not serve us like they're intended to but they don't right so having a certain belief about let's say a racial belief I mean that's something we can all you know understand to be not serving us as to humanity individually Um, it's untrue right like racial bias or racism It's not true how we categorize and deem people better and some worse. We just know this is not true. It's not congruent with, you know, um, life itself, you know, how like it's not congruent. So this kind of conditioning um, is not it's not serving us. It's, It's actually untrue. So it can be based on a lot of untruths. So um why condition at all so like i said it 
it is intended to be a self-sustaining survival um, innate operating system <laughs> to create one of those. Um, but perhaps I really like what uh, Dr. Zach Bush calls our original wound of separation. And that's the initial shock of birth, of separating or being forcibly separated from the safe, warm existence in the womb and like sort of pushed into the cold, bright, overstimulating world. Like we don't, we can't even make sense of it because it's so foreign. It's like being on a, you know, thrust into a, a new, a, a different planet um, that we have no context for. We have, we have no understanding of. And so that initial you know, thrust into the world, perhaps is the beginning of why we feel the need to condition, to program, to, you know, produce belief systems, because it is ourselves trying to make sense of our world. And um, continuing to pass those things on is really, um, I and impose them on others, right, is to keep us safe, right? unconsciously doing that and even even on the cellular the nervous system level right like these cells the the you know the hormone cascade the stress response all of those things are innate programs that are intended to keep us safe yet they can start to become like they're meant to be an aid and not in the driver's seat at all times and and, you know only when there is imminent danger Okay, so regardless of the reasons, it's undeniable that we are conditioned, right? So again, we're conditioned by experience, words, actions, body language, tone of voice, um, you know, all those things that are passed on from parent to child, culture to, you know, individual um, system to individual, that kind of thing. So they're all a little bit different. The conditioning is the overall, you know, passing on of, you know, like this is what to believe. And so belief systems can be conditioned into us programs and patterns. Um, You know, program is something that you might run. Like, let's say you, you know, if you consistently have a, an issue with a partner, let's say you may run a program of the way you're going to respond to that. It's an automatic. It's like, I get mad right away. And then I, you know, then I do this. And then that person, um, you know, uh, backs off because I know that if I run this program, it's going to get me that, you know, safety because the person I am against is going to back off and I win the battle. Um, you know, or that could be conceived as a pattern. And sometimes we want to follow patterns because it helps us to make sense that there's step one, step two, step three. And sometimes patterns can be useful, you know, especially if you're learning a new skill, you're learning how to play the piano, you're learning how to, um, you know, build a car. But once you really understand that pattern, the learning becomes innate, like the learning becomes automatic, not innate, but automatic um, default. And then and then it, when this happens and you're trying to learn a skill that's useful, but when this, when you are following a pattern and it's a relationship that's always evolving and changing, that is not useful. It's not useful. It keeps you stuck and it keeps you unevolved in that relationship or in your life process or in your body. Um, you know, if we're always in fight or flight and we're following a program or a specific pattern um, without being mindful of how we can influence that on a more conscious level or even body level, but with the mind body connection, 
we are taken down that crazy train, you know, or in a pain loop, you know, that we are playing back over and over and over again, that keeps us in yesterday and keeps our state of health um, limited and, you know, based on expectation rather than possibility. So we want to make these things conscious so that we can transcend them. So we can undo the conditioning, we can decondition, right? We can deprogram all of those things that are not serving us. We can, you know, create new patterns maybe that are, you know, better serving us or actually just dismantle some of the patterns that we're, we're currently following. Um, and belief systems are huge. Like, you know, what is it that we believe about the world itself? It's, it's really about being curious and discovery rather than dogmatic and final and thinking we have the answers because we most certainly do not. And when we purport that we do, there is always a dissatisfaction. There's always a knowledge that there's something about this is, is, that is not true. It could be true, but partial as Dr. Mark Gaffney says, or it could just be simply um, not true. And we want to believe in it because our, that is, is the pseudo safety. (laughs) It seems like it's keeping it safe, but we know it doesn't. So we have low level anxiety. We have chronic conditions because we know that this needs to be excavated. There is something that we are purposely or unwittingly are blind to, right. That we actually, take if we take off the blinders then we are pursuing that really ultimate goal that I I think everyone has for self-actualization and self-actualization means that we have um, actualized what it really means to be or we feel it right to be on this earth right why are we here why do we exist and that's a huge question that we don't actually need to intellectually answer we just feel it right we move out of that overthinking mind and we're going to talk about that in a second into the heart into what we feel what we what we understand rather than trying to intellectually know it because we are limited we're we're just we're human i mean we're an aspect of this huge thing we call um life itself which is a very important piece of life itself. Yet we have, um, you know, we're human, and we're here to have the the human experience of it, right, the human experience of it. So some of these things that I'm going to start talking about now too also keep us, um, you know, like the ego mind identity, it's a filter, right? So we have to understand it as such, but we don't throw it out. We're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater because there's a purpose for that ego-minded identity to exist. Otherwise, it's like we're trying to understand the totality of existence itself by being individual and unique. And um, and the ego-mind identity really is made up, uh, you know, of memories, of past, you know, uh, maybe traumas, past childhood events, um, life events. Um, it's how we see ourselves, like how we've responded in the past. And then we've identified with that, how we've been defined by ourselves and others, things that we've associated ourselves with. It's all very unique and individual, yet it can get in the way of the unique self of source of life, of, of who we truly are. Um, 
so thoughts and so I'm just wondering if there's anything else I want to say about that no there isn't um so we've got thoughts which are memories and projections and you know they're all constructing our own alternative reality right so they are based and they can be based on conditioning and belief systems and programs and patterns and triggers and traumas and like I said memories and and this egoic identity you know thinking 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 and um it's not but thoughts are not our consciousness thoughts are just things and they they aren't they aren't us right they can be based on assumptions and you know make conclusions and biases and um but again they're not in essence true they're not truth right and we we can choose to believe them we can choose to hang on to them we can choose to focus on them and we can choose to let them go we can choose to be curious about them and say well i wonder where that came from right why did i think that you know like and so i encourage anyone to always just see their thoughts as things and be discerning about which ones we you know um accept as fact or really look at whether it's part of our conditioning or program or a trigger or trauma is this trying to keep me safe is this you know untrue is this like so you know for instance if you're thinking about that person who cut me off in traffic is just an a-hole right well we don't know anything about that person that's not even true like they did that for a specific reason because of their own you know, circumstance at the time, their own, you know, patterns, or maybe a trigger or some emotions they were feeling at the time or whatever. It's a combination of that for each individual. But that thought isn't true. It's just a thought. It's an idea. So it's, it's a question, right? So we need to put thoughts in their place <laughs> to see that they aren't true. They aren't us thinking, thinking isn't the enemy. I mean, that's how, you know, it's just when we mistake our thoughts as truth, you know, and what their their attempts at finding the truth. And and that's where they that's where they belong in that place within us. Um, and so the key is to welcome new thoughts and to allow for evolution and change, right? And um yeah, and they hold, okay, and I want to say too that they are things, they hold energy. So where what we think about, what we focus on, we create. Really let that land. What we what we focus on, we create. So where are we going to put that energy into creating more um, unconsciousness of more, you know, denial or blindness? Or are we going to put those thoughts into um, what is going to serve us? What's going to help us to, you know, be able to see cl clearly through this water that we continually keep cleaning up? you know, to that unique self and to source in life itself. And that's where we find deep wellness, deep. I love it. Deep. I love the water. <laughs> I love the ocean analogy, that metaphor. So of course, traumas and past experience. And I just want to say one quick thing about traumas is that um, not every difficult experience becomes traumatic. It can be difficult. And of course, it brings up big emotion, which are not good or bad. They are, they are. Um, but they don't have to become a trauma, which is sort of like a reliving of, you know, or something that hasn't let go of, or you haven't been able to let go of. And again, um, you know, and then it lives in the nervous system, it triggers, it can be part of what, you know, triggers, like it can be part of a trigger for us that brings up all these emotions and feelings and scripts and behaviors that we kind of 
like literally they they are self-propelled right when we don't understand them when we can we're unconscious of them so we don't want to throw away around sorry throw around that word trauma at all like trauma is um you know we can have um traumas yes of course and especially the five you know those imprint traumas those initial traumas of you know feeling if you've been abandoned or not loved you know as a child or um didn't receive love when you needed it or you or shamed uh, you know there are, there are more um or specific instances like death in the family an accident you know something that was sudden unexpected um and not worked through in um and I, I I'm gonna say healthy way. It's not quite the word I want, but not worked through, right? It not the process has not been allowed to complete itself. Whether we've stuffed it or um, you know stopped that that uh, natural process of working through an emotional upset, um, which might be to shake or cry or release or scream or yell or um, just be, you know, to. Um, be in it in the, those deep waters. That's when traumas become, or when experiences become traumas. So those things can be unconsciously affecting our day to day lives if we don't realize that. Yep, this happened, and we don't want to live there, float around in that dirty water. <laughs> We're not. We don't want to live in that. We want to clean it up. We want to, you know, just like be able to see clearly through again, through it to the unique self, the source, your deep wellness. So um, triggers is another, you know, we can be triggered by like, like literally like a, what do you call it? A a hair trigger, right? Like some of those things in life are just like, whoop, I'm like zero to 60. And I have no idea what happened there. Like, I don't understand why that person and this is we don't want to be thinking in these terms but blame right that person can push my buttons so much and it's like are is that person pushing your buttons or are they you know serving to be your mirror um as to what those buttons might be or your triggers might be and and what is fueling that what what is allowing that specific instance or behavior or or word or you know situation or quote like person you know possibly to um like really be in the driver's seat like cause this pattern or of being these behaviors these emotions to well up these thoughts to come into your mind like i don't like this and all of this stuff all these things what is it that's behind that what's fueling it could it be conditioning combined with a program that you're running to deal with something that you experienced as being negative in your past memories and how much of your belief systems are fueling that as well. Like, well, it shouldn't be this way. So, um, and I'm, you know, conditioned to fight when things aren't the way I want them to be. And I run this program because it keeps me safe from, you know, losing this battle with this person that I'm blaming for triggering all of this. Okay. So when we can when we peel that back, man, it's really hard to blame and be shame, you know, shame and, and, uh, you know, and even about ourselves, right. It's, it, we, we don't do that. We do away with it. We stop blaming and shaming others and ourselves. We stop becoming victims of these triggers. We stop saying that someone else made me do it. We stop outsourcing our power. We stop, you know, giving away our agency and, and becoming reactionary rather than responsible. 
we are able to respond when we recognize when we are being, when we are um, experiencing a trigger and um, being able to diffuse that by not just knowledge, but also stillness and all of our practices, our top um, list of practices that we've spoken about before that really move us into the here and now rather than the past. That's where the triggers lie. The triggers also lie in the future, projecting, expecting, um, ruminating, worrying, right? And then the past is all of that stuff that we bring forward to us, recreating that. We're just recreating all this crap we want to let go of. We're just recreating it. We're recreating it. So it's not keeping us safe. It's just, it just feels like it does. Like, because we are, if we're unconscious, that's what we're, are, you know, we are responding to is this like fake sense of, okay, safe now, because I yelled at this person, I made them go away. But tomorrow it's going to happen. And the next day it's going to happen. And it's always going to be in control in the driver's seat. We, we want it to be in the back seat. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you're with me. You're part of me, but maybe not anymore. Maybe I can let you go. <laughs> maybe I can let you go. I don't need you anymore. I don't need this trigger. I'm safe. I'm good. I'm in the here and now. All right. So again, these traumas, thoughts, ego, mind, identity, conditioning programs, patterns, belief systems, they're all fueling and, and, you know, the next levels and the next levels actually in turn fuel all the things we've already discussed. So emotions and feelings, right? And they're not the same. Emotions are, you know, like, uh, they're, they're, ugh, how do they, they instigate, um, action and feelings are really just a state of being, right? So we, we emote and then we also feel. And those are things, you know, of course, like anger and frustration and, um, you know, depression is a state of being actually, or, you know, we, uh, we, we feel happy, but also happiness is a state of being as well. So it's hard to tease out. I'm, I haven't really quite sorted out what the difference is by, you know, like to name them, but I do feel I intuit the difference between, you know, emotions and feelings. So I wanted to list them both. Um, and so again, like, these things, you know, instigate action. They, 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 uh, they color our state of being. They color them. And, um, so, and then we, we interpret that as like some of them create dis-ease, right? Some of them make us feel dis-ease, which doesn't, it's not, you know, I'm not saying disease, dis-ease. Um, and, uh, they can affect they do affect how we experience life, right? Like, and then they, they instigate action. Like how, what do we do about this? What are we doing when we feel happy? What do we do when we are angry about something, you know? So they do um, fuel, right? What we're doing, our behaviors, our thoughts also do that too. Our thoughts will, all of this will affect our behavior. Um, and then of course the scripts that we run, you know, in our heads, <laughs> right like oh i'm playing this out i have assumptions i think i know how this is gonna go i'm gonna play my part in this role it's predetermined right how we what role we play what you know as an actor in when you know using this script that we read every day it's like being in the same play every day groundhog day right over and over and over again until something is learned and we can chuck that script we don't need to we don't need to read that script any longer okay so I think that's where I'm going to end this, but what the whole point is of going through all of this stuff, like I said, is to help to um, make the unconscious conscious 
And it's, again, not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. It's some of the things we can let go of, some of the things we can just let be, some of the things we can just be aware of, you know, Um, because regardless of any of those things, they will become part of our um, being consciously. And so that we become more of an agent, we become more in our lives, we become more clear, we become more empowered, right? Not powerful over, but empowered within, right? To conjure that, um, that strength, that deep wellness, right? And um, we become, again, authentic, actualized, right? Aware, aware, it's so great. It's so beautiful to be aware of the totality of life. It's, it is awe inspiring. It's awesome. So I hope you enjoyed that tutorial and um, be well. This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. For more support, community, audio coaching, full episodes, bi-monthly live Q&A, discounts on our group coaching programs, and more, become a patron of my work at www.patreon.com slash Carla Atherton. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book, Family Health Revolution, and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at Healthy Family Formula and CarlaAthertonInspired.com. Find us on Instagram at Coach Carla Atherton and on Clubhouse at Empowered Family. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted healthcare providers if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Thank you.